0: We're back with another episode of the One Third Two Breeze podcast. As always, Marlo joined by Casey. Casey, it's a uh, bittersweet night. Yeah. Into the, the this is the last pod on the last dance. Um, yeah. It had to come to an end, but it was it
1: was glorious while the run was going on. It was, and I was thinking about how. I mean, this doc would have been great no matter what. Right, we if it came out in the summer when it was just baseball or whatever, it would we would have been. I don't. We probably would have been talking about it as much as we are now. Um, Although that seems hard to do with how much we've talked about it, but um, it that it came out during this time during where we have this lull, this void in sports, just it hit home, and uh, I think just made it so much more of a cultural centerpiece. I think I heard that roughly like 6 million people are watching each episode, which is like a staggering number for, I mean, a documentary, but let alone a a sports documentary and uh, even running on ESPN in primetime is an astounding number. And uh, I'm just glad that they moved this up, right? Because I heard they finished the last episode like a week ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So there's like some final
1: cramming editing for them to get it done so they could you know get it out during this time and appreciated them for doing that and it you know helped us by giving us content but like it really helped i think fill this void in the sports uh fill the void of not having live sports so grateful for that grateful for them for for doing that and uh yeah bittersweet um so that was i guess my bittersweet way of opening yeah <laughs>
0: overall well done good job yeah. guys yeah well give it yeah, for sure two thumbs up uh, yeah.
1: on the scale um but yeah so we had episode nine and ten marlo um Whew. man i mean we got we got there we knew how it was gonna go uh i would say if i had to rank them i think last week was my favorite seven eight i think were my favorite i there were no bad episodes.
0: But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, if you had the power rank them. Um, I do believe that last week was, like, the best couple episodes for the documentary. Yeah. Uh, inserting my emotions, I'd have to say this was the best. I was, like, even at the end, I was, like, I don't know if I can watch this. It's too much emotions going on right now. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I agree with the last. Last week was, like, the best intense episodes. But I mean, obviously 9, 10 were good.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure, um, and I think you know in our memories, right? We're getting older. I remember these things happening, you know, as it got closer and closer to, um, I guess, ninety eight. Uh, yeah, I'm remembering more and more, and and can kind of try and relate, have a little bit of actual personal nostalgia to it. Uh, so that that was pretty pretty neat. So uh, episode nine, Marlo opens up in the Eastern, excuse me, in the nineteen ninety seven finals uh, against the Jazz. And we begin talking by talking about, I guess, we come off an episode where we're talking about Jordan and his slights, right? Yep. And we get two immediate slights for Jordan going (laughs) to the 1997 finals. Uh, I should say, um, this isn't how the doc went. Again, we're going to go chronological order for the sake
0: of... We do it the way we do it. They did the way they did it. This works for us. Yeah. And... I've heard rave reviews about the way we do it, so we're going to keep it rolling.
1: All right, good, because it really helps my sanity. <laughs> and i, I don't back jump around back and forth, and before we were preparing for this, I had a little bout of what game I was even talking about and had a little <laughs> uh, knowledge crisis, uh, so that was fun. But uh, here we are. We're fighting through that. Um, so two slides going into the 1997 finals chronologically. Uh, the first thing that happens in these episodes. Um, first, Carl getting the MVP. Uh, yeah. much campaigned for MVP. That's a much campaigned-for MVP. You know what I did?
0: Um, I, I miss that they don't do anymore, but giving out the MVP trophies during the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. It always seems like, you know, I, the two times it wasn't Jordan, it always filled him, Carmelone being this one. Um, oh, yeah, Barkley was the other one. And so... I think it's awesome, especially when they get the trophy, and then you know Jordan just comes out, and it's like not only was he mad about the MVP, but it's like all right, now you are just throwing gasoline on the fire because you are actually throwing yeah. the trophy in front of his face before he has to play. So that's uh, that's always fantastic.
1: I mean, why did they change it? They change it because Dirk won the MVP and then lost in the first round. Is that why they changed it? I think those around then, yeah, because I don't, I don't know why
0: they changed it, but yeah, now that I don't. Do they do an award? Show? I don't know. Well, they, they do went, the awards show, but I thought it changed. Before, uh, well, it did research, change before that. It did change before that. You're research
1: right. retirement. We'll get back on to yep. us on that. Um, but I remember the Nowitzki thing being very embarrassing. Yeah, and like he's accepting a trophy and his team gets swept. Mm-hmm. But I think that was back when it was five games, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. they which they should go back to. But whatever. Um, yeah, don't need to derail us that much this early. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was deep. So Malone has the MVP. Uh, <clears throat> so slight number one, slight number two, Brian Russell. Yeah, was just hilarious. Um, they bring up his name and Jordan just goes, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> Brian Russell." <laughs> like, like I remember that guy. Uh, and then the story of Brian Russell getting on the list is just absolutely h- hilarious. And it, it's just again, Jordan is slights. He's just going, "This is what this guy did. He's got on my list." and he's on there he's stuck there and i'm gonna show him up essentially twice in two years yeah it's
0: funny that the the, he got on the list when michael wasn't even playing um that was that's funny one that he can keep it from a time where he's playing baseball and bring that over to when he actually had to come play basketball and then when they were going through this for me i was like i was I was disappointed, but I was like holding my breath. Like, did they get Brian Russell to interview? Did they interview him for this? Oh, like, what would have been yeah. his side? I would have loved to have a Brian Russell interview.
1: Yeah, that would have, that would have been great. I don't know I don't know what he his take could have been or or what side he has. It's just like, you know, I played pretty good defense. He's just really good at basketball. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> what else how how else he goes from there. Uh so games happen in the ninety seven finals. Bulls won what three of them? Um, Jazz won one of them, right? And then we get to this one of the seminal, at least the seminal moment in this series in this season, but one of the seminal moments in Jordan's career. What was dubbed the flu game because it sounds a lot better than food poisoning game. <laughs> um, just doesn't doesn't come off the tongue, Marlow. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't come off doesn't come off the tongue. Um, <clears throat> so the night before the game. Let me just set the stage a little bit. Okay. Michael Jordan decides to get... He's a little hungry. And, you know, it's Utah. It's 1030 at night. There's not a lot open. So they call around, they call around, they find one pizza place open. Finally. Utah. Again, Marlo. Um, <laughs> gets the pizza delivered. Five guys come to deliver it. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Jordan... Eats the entire pizza. He's the only one to eat the pizza, and I've never felt more like Jordan than in that moment where he <laughs> ate presumably entire pizza by himself. And I was like, "Yeah, me and Jordan, pretty much the same guy." <laughs> so relatable. So relatable. Most relatable. Jordan's been to me personally in this <laughs> entire, in this entire thing. Um, develops food poisoning. Right? He's he's up all night. He's throwing. They went into relatively graphic detail about it. Um, was this investigated? <laughs> did we, did we come to a conclusion on this? It's just kind of like glossed over because he won the game. But like, yeah. I was watching with with my wife, and she turns to me and she goes, "Did they like get arrested?" <laughs> and that's like, I don't think anybody looked into it. I mean, it's yeah. in Utah, right? If this happens in in Chicago or something, like, but like it's in Utah. I, as far as I know. They're just like, wow, what a coincidence.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Question for you, Casey. Yeah. Did you know about the story before you watched this episode?
1: Did I know about the pizza and food poisoning thing? Yeah. Yeah. I knew, I guess, generally of it. I didn't know the specifics, the five guys coming at once. you knew it wasn't the
0: flu. It was actually food poisoning.
1: I knew that there was a rumor about it being food poisoning. I didn't know to the extent that it was one pizza place and five guys came to, to <laughs> deliver. That's so crazy to me. Um, crazy. But I, yeah. I did hear that it might have been, it might have been food poisoning, but just, I thought it was like from room service or mm-hmm. like from like just a genuine coincidence, not yeah. like the way it was portrayed in the doc, which I presume to be true because yeah. multiple people are on record on this documentary, saying it, so
0: yeah, 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 and I, and yeah, yeah, I think that yeah, this is one of those things you know, called, like you said, it's called the flu game. I don't know when it started hitting the circles. About how long ago I heard that this story about the pizza and it being uh, food poisoning, but like you yeah. said, flu game sounds much better than food poisoning game. Um, so I was, I was surprised at the reaction from it. Like people in general didn't know. I th- I thought I thought it was just I thought. Everyone knew it was food poisoning in some way, shape, or form. This is my naive, like, Chicago fan, I guess. And everyone knew that, and, like, I didn't, like, when that part came out, and that's why I thought they went through it so fast, like you said, because, like, it was a known thing, and they just needed to put it in there. Um, But I was surprised about reaction, national media, Twitter, and everything, that people didn't know that part.
1: Yeah, again— I think, I think it's one of those things that, like, if you, you hear it, it sounds almost like a conspiracy theory. So you mm-hmm. have, like, an initial, like, I mean, some people just dive into conspiracy theories, but you have an innate, <laughs> like, that sounds crazy. I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to believe that it was just the flu or something. I think there's a little bit of that to kind of like a general if you don't look into it. But, like, the yeah. way they described it here, like I said, is I don't think they, like, poisoned him per se, but they definitely did. Sh- stuffed fat pizza Yeah, that yeah, should not be done at an establishment um yeah not necessarily not necessarily to injure him but to definitely mess with him right um 100 there uh so game happens he's on ivs going through it and i think the quote i, I pulled out of that was he you could tell he's struggling throughout the game and then the quote was, he went somewhere and he found a switch. And he mm. just turned it on and he hit a level probably of exhaustion <laughs> where he was like, because uh, as a... <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid. Never mind. Say. <coughs> as, as a long as a long distance runner, I run some races that are, are relatively long. Like, you do poorly when you realize how tired you are. But once you your body, like, goes screw it, I'm going in survival mode or I'm shutting off the brain and I'm just doing it, like you hit another level. And I think that's what his body did here is he just – and he pushed through it. Like it takes a lot to push through that. Uh, You know, if you think about – I'm not a marathoner, but if you think about marathoners, like they are able to push their body to do something that their mind wouldn't let it do, right? And that's what he did in this game and that's why he's so great is he pushed his mind down. So his body could just take over, and I I wrote down Marlo, it, Correct me. Um, I it, I it was forty four points in thirty eight minutes or thirty eight points in forty four minutes. I guess it doesn't matter either way. It's very impressive. Yeah, coming off of of the flu, and it was just so impressive to kind of watch this and be like, he is just ta- like letting his body, his mechanics, everything take over and and kind of carry himself to the next level to to be able to win this game.
0: Yeah, um I thought they did a good job of getting those shots cuz the things I remembered was like seeing that I guess retro retroactively seeing it but seeing yeah. the switch like when he's playing like he's on like, you can't tell anything but as soon as a whistle blew or it's like yeah, as soon as they're stop play like you could see it just like the life come out of his body. Yeah. He did that that's just you know just kind of goes limp. I mean there's a the famous uh the famous see a uh, picture of him just leaning on Scotty and Scotty like walking him over the bench. But like, you know, that's the iconic one, but like during the game, like just every stoppage, it was just kind of falls down. And then once it's the whistles on and the clocks going, then it's, you know, it takes over his body just takes over and
1: yeah, he goes out. Yeah. And it, it, like, he's on, he's on the bench. I remember the one scene where he's got the toll over his head and this might've been after Scotty carried. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure where it fits in, but like he has a toll over his head and he's drinking water, and like Scotty's like rubbing him, and like you know encouraging him and stuff. And it's just like that's not Jordan. Jordan's like focused. He's on the bench. He's ready to get back in the game. Yeah. And it's just like such a drastic difference from 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 his other games. Thirty eight um, points. Thirty eight points in forty four. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So I did have it. I did have it backwards. Uh, thanks for that. Stats department. Good work. <laughs> Getting that tomorrow. Appreciate it. <clears throat> All right. So fine. Switch. Bulls go on to win the game. Um, so I had, I guess before I get to the quote, one, one other thing. So after seeing Jordan go through this, this game and kind of the anguish on him, the, the things we just talked about, I thought back to when, and I'll bring this up again with the Scottie Pippen migraine game, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where Jordan gets interviewed about it and he goes like, yeah, I guess he had a migraine. Like he doesn't, not that he doesn't believe it, but he doesn't believe that it can affect him so much. And look at this game, it's like, that's why Jordan doesn't believe it. (laughs) Because he has food poisoning and he scores 38 points in 44 minutes. And like he can play through it because he's Michael Jordan and he doesn't understand why other people aren't. And we've seen that throughout this series, right? Yeah. He doesn't understand why other people aren't like Michael Jordan. So like watching this, I kind of thought back and went, now I get his kind of doubt or whatever about the migraine game yeah that's uh that's pretty deep
0: I didn't put that I'm, I'm, I didn't put that together but it, it does make sense I I'm a very
1: deep person <laughs> very deep when I watch sports I <laughs> other than that very shallow. um all right so gay ends <laughs> uh Jerry Sloan. I, I I couldn't save all the quotes but Jerry Sloan star of this, star of this uh, episode. He has two quotes, and I'm going to give them both in as as we go through. Uh, Super close up of his face, and uh, why I love this was because it was like, so you can see his facial reaction to know he's not making this crap up, but they ask if he, they ask about Jordan being sick, and he says, I didn't know he was sick. Did everyone else know he was sick? Am I the last one to know? (laughs) Just dead pans it and either he is a great actor which I don't know that he is or he legitimately didn't know and was not clued in on by Jordan's performance that he was sick and it was just such an amazing reaction it was fantastic love that quote fantastic like i just thought he had a good game yeah no idea no idea he was sick was he sick oh, <laughs> oh. okay um so at the end of the flu game it's not all Jordan. It has a little bit of role players involved, Marlo. And this is where yeah. we dive into an homage, well, really to Steve Kerr, but to role yeah. players through Steve Kerr, role players in general. Yeah, he was carrying the, carrying the
0: torch for the little guy, the guy that had to work hard, the guy that uh, scrap his way, as he said, through the NBA for everything he got. Um, mm-hmm. And it was actually cool. I mean, obviously Kerr, was a you know, big part of that run as far as a role player but it was and obviously and we all know him as the coach now of yeah uh in breaking his own record as a coach but yeah. um so
1: of the second best team of all time let's say <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> but it was yeah i was going cool to see his his journey which i didn't know anything about um which was kind of wild and they went really well really well in depth um, in, into the background, which was, I, I think, time well spent, uh to go yeah. through the, the Kerr story.
1: Yeah, it it was interesting because I think most times in this documentary when they focus on not Michael Jordan, I think, like, when they focus on the Rodman stuff earlier, Pippen stuff earlier, I was kind of like, let's just get back to Michael Jordan. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm here for. Yeah. Uh, but in Kerr, I found it fascinating, mainly because I knew, I kind of knew the other stuff about Pippin, I guess I didn't know his upbringing, but... I knew I knew the Rodman stuff, yeah, right? Yep. I knew most of the stuff about Pippen. I didn't know any of this about Kerr. I didn't know I was gonna get involved in Middle Eastern politics. Right. Yeah. Uh in the in <laughs> in the middle of this documentary, and that was in my face. That was really weird. Uh not it was unexpected. I shouldn't say it was weird. It was unexpected. Yeah. Um, but Kerr, throughout, I guess, this interview and all of the interview, he's just a phenomenal interview. He's a phenomenal basketball mind. And that he just to think like because we're coming out, he's in these interviews wearing the Warriors Mm -hmm. t-shirt, right? So, like, it's hard to kind of go back to that, but he's, you know, playing on one of the best teams of all time. He coaches one of the other teams of all time, and he's he's just phenomenal throughout this. My favorite quote of his, um, they asked if he got scouted a lot in high school, and he (laughs) says, scouts were a lot like girls for me. Not many scouts, not many girls in high school. (laughs) That was fantastic. Just amazing. Like... Uh, he's he's great um and he it was interesting to see how he thought of john Paxson, right yeah like he was like i can do that role and that's what i'm gonna try and fit in and do and he did it and hit the game winning shot he did what Paxson did and it wasn't just like i'm gonna fit that role he literally did the complete follow-through and hit a game winning shot it's Crazy to to think about that he kind of came that Jordan and the role players kind of came for full circle a second time, and that had happened.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the other great thing that uh Kerr said going into that shot was the timeout right before that on the bench, and how like Michael yep. was. Michael was so always conscious that the, the, he knew the camera was always on him. So he just, you know, yeah. would kind of talk in his mouth and wouldn't say nothing. And he was talking scary. He's like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he gets me. me. I'm a camera. I'm helping. Yeah. That was, that was great. In the post game, uh, Jordan goes, Kerr earned his wings. And I'm very happy for Steve. <laughs> it's just like, who can talk about their teammate like that? He's just like, he's, he's graduated. You know, he hit. He hit level one when I punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now he's level two t- teammate, teammate because he won me a championship. It's like he's graduated the next level. Um. Other best part about Kerr uh, is in the championship parade, whatever. Yeah. The, where they're, they're giving the speeches. Yep. And he tells the story as if um, the play was designed to go to him, or that he was. Phil came in the huddle. What did he, how did he do it? he came into the yeah, it's, it's
0: okay in the huddle. Yeah, he the huddle. And yeah, it, the play was going to go to Jordan. And Jordan said, I'm not comfortable in these situations.
1: That's uh, right. So. <laughs> give it, let's give it to Steve. Steve. And he says, That shot went in. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic victory parades. Yeah. Uh, they made me nervous now, Marlo. I see crowds of people. Yeah. And I no, just, it's I just, different, man. I, I get nervous and it's, <laughs> I don't know if that's ever going to change again, but I, let me tell you, it's, it's weird. It's weird to see. Um, they did a, after this, they did a, um, uh, I think it was a, whatever the Facebook stat or whatever, you know, they've been doing. Um, mm-hmm. Jordan and Scotty, I guess, because they were on the same team. Yeah. So they yeah. Did this. Limited seven sixty win teams in the playoffs, seven sixty win teams in the playoffs. That's amazing. And um, I wanted to go back and look at like who was second, but I didn't because stats <laughs> was working Barber. on it. Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a crazy stat that they. You think about one of the arguments I've heard. Right is that, which is ri- somewhat ridiculous, but like the NBA wasn't as deep. Back then, as it is today, yeah, we can go on for we can go on for hours on this. But, but that they were knocking out, they were consistently beating the best teams. And back then, it's hard to think about now, but back then, the the East was better. Yes, (laughs) unconditionally, the East was better. Um, and they had to go through it every year, and they faced some some really amazing teams. And that stat just kind of stuck out to me as like, you know what, they're pretty good. Um. Anything else on the 97 uh, finals? Marlowe, they beat the Jazz in sixth, uh, winning their fifth title. That's
0: right. Winning that one at home. Uh, yeah, no, it was glorious.
1: Good, good. All right. Uh, on to uh, the, it's, yeah. Eastern
0: Conference Finals. 1998,
1: Eastern Conference Finals. All right, I, my, I mislabeled my notes. That's why I got confused. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, no problem. So this is where the episode started, and with a couple interviews, starting off with Reggie Miller. Marlo, how do you think Reggie Miller came across? Oh,
0: what are your thoughts? I was waiting for... The- do you
1: hate him as much as ever?
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I think... I mean, it started with him ending uh, episode eight, Yep. and then they came right back to him, and I just think, like... You know what? I, I'm fine with it because I see he, he does see both sides. I still think he's crazy to think that he truly right now thinks that they were the better team. Um yeah. I think that's a wild quote, but he does give credit to you know the Bulls and Jordan for for beating him. So I you know can't take too much away. But yeah, I it's Reggie. They it did spend some time on how he got to where he was real quick and like just his confidence level. And that's, you know, I mean, that's part of the game. Like he would, God, he was a hell, he, he was a hell of a shooter and he would take clutch shots all the time. But I, I, I just can't get over how he he always pays homage. Like in his, whenever he's talking, like even now, like he always pay homage to, to Michael, right? Like calls yeah. him the best ever. And I thought it was hilarious. The, the black Jesus story. Um,
1: well, Yeah, well, he called him Black Cat, Black Jesus, and something else I didn't get. Never called him, or called him Michael.
0: Never called him, yeah, yeah. And that was was it. Yeah, so I can't be mad at him. I can't be mad at him for that, because he kind of redeems himself in the same sentence where I, in the same way that it makes me want to hate on him.
1: Well, it's one of those things, right? Like, it's, if you look at the depth of the teams, because Jalen comes up next, Mm -hmm. and he lists... Who's on their team? And he goes, We got a squad. And they did have a squad. They had a lot of really, really good players. Well, yep. they, had a, they had a lot of really, really good players, and they had some good players. In all and the Bulls had more great players and then some, you know, role players, right? Yeah. So if you went man for man and just like kind of checked the box as far as like if they lined up, right? It's like Jordan versus Reggie, you take Jordan pippen versus mark jackson you probably take pippen and then after that probably the next five six are probably pistons but how the way basketball works mm-hmm. is that the top checks mean a whole lot more than the bottom checks yeah line up a squad like that That's um,
0: it's a good way to put it and i forgot it's also i forgot who said it they interviewed from the bulls side but it was that team was a bad matchup like yeah, uh, just match up wise. You know, they might have they might not I'm had the, to remember. Like said, the, uh, the bigger check. Yeah, yeah. But I do bad, yeah, but it was just, you know, kind of you know, one of those one of those teams that didn't match up well with with the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls didn't match up well with them.
1: Right, right. They yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh and so you can see the, so they're building this up, right? That the uh yeah. Pacers are coming in with this mentality that they can be the ones and we saw this at the end of episode eight to knock off the Bulls. They can be the, they can be to the Bulls, what the Bulls were to the Pistons, right? And yep. then ascend and, and be the next team. But then before you know it, Bulls are up 2-0. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention just in general Pacers things, Rick Smith's without hair is really weird. <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember just him always having longer hair and seeing a bald seven-foot Rick Smiths running around there was was a little bit... Uh, disconcerting for me. All right, let's go up 2 0. Speaking of people with blonde hair, I think the woman of the episode, the crazy blonde, yeah, woman just yelling and with uh, a shout out to the guy in front of her who just keeps looking at my shoulder like, What is she really at it again? Absolutely hilarious! Absolutely hilarious. Uh, and just, uh, she's probably like. And sailed somewhere. <laughs> and then just, just coming. <laughs> she's a normal life. And then she's out here just, like, yelling shit at Michael Jordan. And just so crazy. But it was a, an absolutely hilarious shot. Like, multiple times her up just yelling and screaming. Uh, Woman of the mat. Woman of the episode. For absolutely.
0: Sure, 100%. She's pretty close to the cameo of the episode. But not just just yelling <laughs> yelling Indiana, lady. Because I just think, all right, you go back. It's 98, yeah, 20 years probably has like grown kids and they're like looking at us like damn that's my mom right there that <laughs> explain it to all her friends
1: yeah It's like no it was the 90s that's how women wore their hair it was yeah. fine. It's fine. um <laughs> yeah I don't know so there are other things uh another thing I noticed in this like all of a sudden he's old MJ like he has his old like he looks like he does now in these clips in nineteen ninety eight like i don't remember i don't remember that in like the ninety seven clips or earlier but all of a sudden now it's like oh he's like thirty five now <laughs> like, yeah yeah <laughs> as old as us so you know yeah. and it's like or you know in our in our age range and it's like he looks like it now whereas like up until this point i had noticed that i had no like he still looked like the young m j and then i'm watching like ninety eight clips and I'm like Oh, he's the old MJ with the earring, and like this is how he looks now. And it was kind of, you know, he's a little bit bigger now, but you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Fa- face looks the same. Um, I I wrote down Pippen misses free throws in game four. I don't know. Does that matter? Um, It's going to game seven. Yeah. That's where we're going to get it, right? Yeah. So let's get well, to he game misses, seven. He
0: misses free throws. Yeah, he misses yeah. free throws. Uh, Reggie's a shot. Jordan doesn't. And oh, that's the sequence. Fantastic. Yep. I'm yep. sorry.
1: I did want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, so Reggie makes the shot. And it's his shot. It's his seminal shot of his career, right? He does not hit a shot bigger than that in his career. It's a great play. And so many of these shots, like Jordan's shot in 97, his shot that he'll hit when we talk about later, there's a chance for the other team to... To hit a shot back. And it's crazy how often that happens. It's not always the last shot. Sometimes it is. The EO shot is the last shot. But, like, so many times in this, I'm just surprised by I In my mind, it was always the last shot. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah,
0: 100%. You forget the last, like, second, two seconds, three seconds. Yeah, the
1: heave or the this, you know, the tip that doesn't go in those sorts of things that are highly unlikely, but, like, I guess my mind just goes to them Or maybe my memory is just such that, like, I just forget that last part, and it's like I just remember the shot. And Miller had a shot, and George was very close to ripping that away from him. Uh, And it was interesting hearing Reggie talk about it—that like his seminal moment, like Jordan double-clutched a three, and it banked and ran, like rattled out. Yeah, it was, and it could have easily just been over.
0: Yeah, that would have been the series. It would have been over. Um. Yeah, that was all I see. I forget the. I forget the. I do remember the, the Miller shot. I forgot about the the Pippen missed free throws. Um, but when they did show those, I, I again the emotions all came back once I yeah. remembered, and so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I the is it? I guess looking back, I the I'm surprised there wasn't more. I mean, the whole Reggie jumping up and down the circle. I think was was enough. Yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't a little more trash talk on court, or maybe they didn't talk about it when that shot went in. Um, but yeah, like the double clutch not go in for Jordan was one of those moments where the ball's in the air and you, you just think it's going down, and then it doesn't end up happening.
1: Yeah. Well, if it had gone in, mm-hmm. like he didn't mean to bank that. No, I mean that's not no. not the Jordan, not the Jordan way. Uh, so I don't know how much credit we should give him for getting. Extremely close, <laughs> close to making that, but I mean, it would would have counted either way. Um, all right, after that game, uh, Jordan's asked and says, "Still got to come through Chicago." And I want to ask you about this, Marlo. Like, mm-hmm. one, so just watching this, being in Chicago, being a Bulls fan, like, one, you must have had the like supreme confidence that that would happen, or like, what did it feel like, just being like? We we say a lot, like, you know, the road has to go, you know, playoffs have to go through Lambo or whatever that's yeah. saying and stuff. But, like, surely that must have felt different when Jordan says it in
0: 1998. Yeah. I think when Jordan says it, I mean, well, the fact is that you have Jordan on your team, so you're like, okay, it's like any, at any point in time, is it scary, but you're always like, we got Jordan, we fine. Um, and then, yeah, when he comes out and says – you gotta come go through Chicago, and then not only that. I don't know if you miss it, but he, he's like Indiana has to come through Chicago, Utah has to come through Chicago. Like he's yeah. already talking yep. Utah has to come through Chicago when they're going into a game seven. Um, just the extreme confidence, the extreme, and like him backing it up every single time. It's like all right, this is you know it's fine. Game seven, we got Jordan. We're gonna go. We're gonna go on to the championship. Um, it was like it's like a calming feeling. I was young, obviously, I was a little kid, so you know, all I knew was this Superman guy could do things, and so I never had to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it I guess, turned up in my
1: favor. Like I didn't know what disappointment was. Yeah, I guess I suppose you're not like whatever, uh, puffing out your chest about your city at that yeah. point. Like you don't yeah. like understand what that is. Um, yeah, <laughs> I suppose you know. For, for a couple, for a couple more years, as far as like, this is who I am and where I, where I come from, kind of thing. Okay, uh, interesting. Um, all right, so we get to Game Seven, Marlo, and uh, I got to find that in my notes. <laughs> and this was the Jordan's second Game Seven. Did I have that right? Yeah, they showed a stat again. This is me r- trying to write notes really poorly, and <clears throat> um, the threat Marlo of this was if they lose this game. It's a return to the Tom Vorwinkle era. <laughs> yes. Did you like that picture? I love that picture. <laughs> um, and I asked Marlo, are the Bulls in a Tom Vorwinkle era now? I mean, <laughs> uh, at this moment,
0: pretty damn close. <laughs> is pretty is close.
1: Tom Vorwinkle just a heavier set? Um, shoot, who's the guy you drafted out of Arizona? Marketing,
0: marketing. Oh, Jesus Christ!
1: Is he just have you said marketing?
0: Great question. <laughs> I hope not. God, we are in we are in that era. You know, <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: he said Arizona, right? I'm fl- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at Arizona. Okay, right. okay, good, good, good. Yep. All right, last game. Uh, coming into it, we saw we saw the it has to come through Chicago, but then Jordan flat out says guarantees he guarantees winning um I feel I'm trying to remember the like the times I've seen guarantees right yep. I feel I feel like to had a guarantee somewhere in there obviously Joe Namath did whatever yeah um everyone goes too far Joe between
0: Namath. everyone goes back to
1: Joe yeah it's the most most famous one but I did not know this that Jordan guaranteed this and win. I feel like th- it should have been bigger that Jordan guaranteed it because we, at, as journalists, Marlow, this yes. um, carried and reported a lot. <laughs> and done uh, no one, and I didn't, honestly, I, I, maybe I don't remember it, but like it's not, maybe it's just because he came through all of the time that it's not important when he guaranteed this win, but he guaranteed the win. Yeah. And coming into it, I'm sure you were like, yeah, that's what happens.
0: Yeah. That's that's what's going to happen. Um, I don't remember the guarantee, to be honest, in real time. Uh, so that was that was actually news to me. But I'm sure. I don't know. I, I'm just. Yeah, I'm sure it was written about. I'm sure it was talked about in sports talk radio times pre-podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I, I think would it go like would it go over well now? Probably not. Either way, but it had again i just think of he probably i mean at this point had delivered on so much that he could go around and say it. and it's like yeah you're probably right
1: yeah i think that's got to be it cuz it just seemed i maybe he's just guaranteed everything i don't maybe know maybe that he, too was michael, yeah. he was maybe michael jordan i just i just felt like the guarantee should have been a bigger story so <laughs> game 7 i felt like they kind of more or less skipped over the big thing I took away from it was and maybe I'm wrong this is how I remember it, Marlo you could tell me if they went in depth on the game but there's a jump ball late in the game oh yeah. and they're like this is this is where the game is decided yeah. and they sh- zoom in on Jordan's face before the jump ball and just the raw intensity of his face—he's just like, "I'm getting this GD jump ball, <laughs> and I'm—we're and gonna win this game." And just like he's like contorting his face—it was it was, unbe- it was un- unbelievable to see. And uh, again, I'm just gonna equate that to the will of a winner. And uh, he he got he got the job done. Yeah,
0: this is this. I'm glad you brought up this point because this is where I'm like I started to lose Reggie because he's, he's calling it, it's like five minutes left in the game is it a pivotal point sure right it was uh yeah. it was like a six point swing at that point or what a five point swing yeah um yep. and yeah with five minutes left it's but that's five minutes it's a five point thing in a, in a freaking nba game and even in the 90s like that's not that like right insurmountable yeah did momentum switch sure okay but you you can't rest your laurels on like yeah if we would have got that jump ball like we definitely would have won, or because they got that—that that is why we lost. Like that's, come on, Reggie. If you're the think you're the better team and you're going to lay it on a five point swing with five minutes left to go, like you, def, like that's where you lost me.
1: Yeah, that that's really a point, and I I think in hindsight, obviously you can sit back and look at that momentum swing, right, yeah. and be like, well, that's what pushed us over the edge. But like, how many times do we see throughout this series or in Jordan's games where? The other team has a momentum swing and he swings it back. And yeah. to your point, like Reggie didn't swing the momentum back. And uh maybe that's part of being at home. Maybe that's, you know, just Jordan being the better player. But like you can't point to something. And I was I I'm with you. I was shocked that they're, like five minutes left, that was a pivotal moment. It's like, have you watched basketball? Yeah. Like that's not <laughs> It's not it's not like it was a pick six with five and a half left, now you're down fourteen instead of seven. That's a different thing. Like it's a f- five, six point swing that's totally different. Um yeah. it just saying saying you get the better team, I I get it. Um and I don't I guess I don't bl- I don't blame anybody for being like, you know, I think I was listening to Reiner Silla podcast, or maybe it was supposed to be because I think Ryan still said it, but like he said like the amount of people who talk about if the ball would have just gone differently, or if this one thing would have gone differently, we would have had him. You know, Barkley can say that. Reggie's saying it now. You know, it's a great point. I'm just parodying Gary it, Payton. But, um, Gary Payton. You know, if they've just <laughs> would have had him, Card Jordan earlier, Jeb George Carl. <laughs> um, all these people have this. If the ball bounced differently, we would have had it. But nobody has the. Jordan's not sitting there saying that about anybody the ball never bounced away from Jordan he just won yeah (laughs) like so you can all sit there and say there's because there's randomness of sports 100% but like at the end of the day he went you want to say like six for six right but six for six and a half right yep if you want want, want to count that one season so I get I get other people saying that but it's just like okay sure uh so they went game to seven, and the best conversation of all time happened. Uh, Jordan and Larry Bird met each other in a hallway of some sort? Yeah. Is this what they just do? Because they showed this with multiple
0: teams and multiple players, like just waiting in the hallway. But yes, they were in like the...
1: But it was like, a, like why would they come together to have this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Granted, it was only one-sided, but essentially all I got out of it was jordan said bird said something (laughs) jordan said yeah you be f you yeah i'll see ya practice your golf swing
0: oh my god that's so great
1: why did that conversation i'm thrilled that it happened and i gotta watch it but like what was the point of it (laughs) why did it have to happen I don't understand. He was talking he was just talking to each other like this, so
0: so beyond me. Bird was just showing his his gratitude and and good sportsmanship. So was Michael, um, and then there was just two friends exchanging some pleasantries afterwards.
1: Pleasantries. Uh, <laughs> I think the like the Jordan Bird Magic Johnson dynamic is one of my favorite things about this. Like just when like the shit Jordan gave Magic during the um, All Star game that we saw. Uh, and bird is involved just like they they have this relationship that's so cool um and just this conversation it's not cool like i don't think i could be in a relationship like this you're just like yeah i'm gonna see you i'm gonna talk shit and swear at you but that's how we show we're friends (laughs) um it's just it's so weird and neat to see (laughs) um what a conversation just swears at him this is all right i'll see you Practice your golf swing. All right, and that was episode nine. Marlo, that was episode <laughs> nine. That's how it happened. Leads it up to the last episode of the Last Dance, ninety-eight finals. Um, might take a break, or you want to just go through it? I'm good. I can keep going. All right, let's 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 hammer through it. Um, and episode ten goes. Um, I think the quote. So we talked about earlier. Um about how i felt the most connected to michael jordan
0: yeah
1: right the pizza. eating a whole piece of yep. pizza pizza or whole whole actual pizza not just a piece um in episode 10 opens up with them talking about the one of michael jordan's greatest gifts that he is completely he is able to be completely present in whatever situation he's in and that was the separator for his greatness from other greats that he why would he worry about missing a shot he hasn't taken yet yeah and i am a hundred percent the opposite (laughs) i it's so hard for me to be present and i try so hard to be present and he just he just was and then they show clips of him you know shooting, like, just being jovial and, like, interacting with people and just being present with the people he's with, running the golf carts uh, of people that he's with and just, like, rolling with it. And he, it just shows it, exhibited his ability to just be 100% present in the moment and that is completely foreign to me and was amazing to watch.
0: Yeah, and then I think the core is he doesn't, it's not worrying about, was it not worrying about missing a shot that you haven't taken yet because you can't do anything about yeah. it? Uh, I thought it was a very, yes, yeah. yeah, very Michael, 100%. very powerful quote um, that I want to put up in my bedroom right now as a grown-ass man, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that will... I mean, that sets up... I thought it's set up perfectly to start the beginning of the end of this docu-series. Um, But it just like the culmination of everything that was Michael and then like, not not that it's just one thing that makes him great, but like this was a very defining attribute that was, um, you know, that you just can't see, you could guess, but you just can't Mm -hmm. see that uh, like just watching him, you know, every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure, and just, like yeah, we saw other things like his work ethic and yeah. you know his athleticism, that sort of stuff. But lots of people have those things, maybe not to Michael Jordan's extent, mm-hmm. right? But like he has all of those things plus this ability to be completely present and <laughs> just has to be such a differentiator uh, in in sport. Um, so we jump right into the 1998 Finals, and uh, all of a sudden Jordan has kids. What happened? Oh, yeah. they're
0: there? I I was. Extremely surprised. I, I was like, they made it this far without showing the showing the the Jordan kids, and I don't know if this is one of the additions they just decided to make all of a sudden when they were when they were putting this last episode together last week. But yeah, they had Michael Jeffrey and uh, Jasmine. Is it Jasmine? I think it's Jasmine. Michael
1: Jeffrey. Yeah, I right.
0: like Jeffrey and Jasmine. Uh, very quick in there, but yeah, it was good to see the kids
1: make it. Yeah, they were there. Uh, they were not allowed to go to Utah for Game One. Uh, I think counter to other years, Utah had home court advantage. In this, yeah, Utah uh, had home court advantage. It's like it's like it's set by the All Star game, right? Like that's by baseball. No, was no, his right? best like record. No, just it's, that's baseball. Yeah. I know. Um. <laughs> opens at Utah. Uh, kids weren't allowed to go. Utah fans a little too hostile. <laughs> a little too hostile for us. <laughs> and I'll we'll see a lot of that. And uh, probably. Uh, we didn't get as many close-ups as the Indiana fans. Um, mainly that one woman, but um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: no characters
1: except for seems jazz very man. hostile.
0: Jazz man was a jazz man with the license plate.
1: Jazz, yeah, there was jazz man with the license plate. It Seemed uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> when we were watching game uh, six of this Barlow, they had to remove a inappropriate sign. Yes, from the crowd. Uh, Dennis Rodman did not object I think that was just a shot to uh Dennis Rodman's uh, crassness <laughs> Um so game one goes to Utah in overtime game two goes to the Bulls close win in Utah game three below city Marlowe Jazz scored 54 points it's the lowest in the shot clock area and everybody on the Bulls even Bill Wellington got in to score <laughs> just like he was um a bench player on a college team. Absolutely (laughs) hilarious. And Jerry Sloan shuts up again in my other, my other favorite code of the week. Uh, again, Jerry Sloan, he looks down at like a, like the box score or something. He looks down at a a sheet of paper and he goes, this was the actual score. (laughs) (laughs) Like he didn't know his teams only scored 54 points. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, so after this game, one through three, don't talk much about. After this game, your boy Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. jets off, I guess, f- from Chicago to Detroit. So not terribly far. Yeah. What is that? A f- Forty-five minute, fifty what? Yeah. Fifty minute flight. Yeah, under an hour,
0: definitely under an hour flight. Under
1: an under an hour flight to <laughs> the WCW event, and this is just. This is peak 90s, man. This is this is my wheelhouse of the things I cared about. <laughs> he leaves the NBA Finals game that I care about, goes to watch WCW, and joins the NWO, who I hate slash love. Very complicated relationship with the NWO. In the middle of the Finals, joins up with Hulk Hogan. Um... I don't know, I just, I, I'm a man, I, while I was young and loving both these things and know they were happening, I didn't realize, like, the, the concept of them happening at the same time. Yeah. Like, how weird that was. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, he's just, he was on this channel, now he's over here on this channel. <laughs> sure, but, like, as an adult, to be like, I leave the locker room, I fly to a different city to be on a television program instead of being ready for the next game is so bizarre, and just like my the difference between my memory and like thinking about that as an adult is so crazy.
0: <laughs> Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan, what a team!
1: NWO was so cool, it was so fun. God, uh, were you? I, I presume you don't sound like you were in in uh, WCW. Not right? at that time.
0: No, I. I no, I time I had, it had passed me at that point.
1: I was, okay, I was gonna, if you were at that time, you probably weren't getting into WWE because it. Didn't, no, no. After I
0: wasn't. I was young, younger than that. But I, yeah. By that time, I yeah, had. You were in, I had, Okay, I had, had, had passed it, I think I had found girls or something. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> some
1: of us still uh, still watching the. <laughs> so this, at this point, uh, we did the Rodman episode. Right? Was that episode three or three, four? Yeah. Something like that. It was yep. is the second week, and. So he leaves and comes back and he's just like, you know, I just had, I just got to do me. I'm Dennis Rodman. And I was just like, from watching 10 episodes of this now, I was over it. <laughs> like just the whole, I got to do me thing. <laughs> how about just like be a person and like have responsibility, like just a little bit, just, a little, just in the finals, just have some response. I was over it. I was over it. I was over Dennis Rodman in this moment, despite how cool I thought it was in 1998.
0: Yeah, but what we got out of it was a, another Carmen Electra uh, cameo, so that was good.
1: Yeah, it, that just makes me more upset at Dennis <laughs> Rodman. <laughs> uh, all right, so I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna. I don't want to go into Dennis matter, Man, um, Robin went to go wrestle. Didn't go to practice. He went to wrestle. Didn't go to practice. It was a big deal. Sports Center all over it. Spoiler: It didn't matter. <laughs> uh, I keep I keep forgetting that these were the series were two three two. Yeah, yeah. And that seems like such an advantage, especially when you split um, the opening series. So um, I, I don't. Know. So I'm just going. This and like, well, then I'm kind of like mentally going through this, and it's like, oh, they have to go back here in this game series. It's Like, no, it's completely, it's completely different. Um, so. Hold on. I'm going through my notes. My notes suck right now. Um, all right. It comes down to game seven. It's Jordan and a mind on the NWO Dennis Rodman. Yep. Scotty Pippen has a back injury again. Yep. And a tired cast of characters. And I talked about earlier the migraine game, and I talked about Jordan's resolve. I don't know that Pippen sticks through this game, fights through this back injury without Jordan, without the migraine game, without the flu game the year before. I think Pippen goes, my back hurts. I have to sit this out. But because of all the history, because of the other things I mentioned, he stays in and he's the of the most effective decoy of all time.
0: <laughs> Great quote,
1: cool. And that's and that's my... Um, well, because he yeah. says. He says in there, it's he's like, role. I was just a decoy out there. But he was still effective in the game. He still played really, really well, despite having a uh, debilitating back injury. Um, and we know... I mean, you can't you know, fake back injuries. Those things are brutal. Um, and, and he fought through it. And I don't, think he, I don't think he does that in 1995. I don't think he does it necessarily in 96. But I think he does it ninety eight because everything that this team has team has been through, which is a credit to I think to Jordan's to well, Pippen number one. Pippin number, number one. He should get credit for meddling through that. But I think Jordan number two for I don't think Pippin gets there without him. So the game ends. Um we can go through it's a it's a beleaguered Bulls team. That's the way it, it's cast at least. Um uh, a beleaguered bulls team and it leads up to the last shot. Well, before the last shot, Marlon. Mm-hmm. It leads up to Jordan pickpocketing Carmelo, uh, and the way he describes that play was just phenomenal. As if he set up for that play to happen, we did.
0: he did. He <laughs> did throughout the game. He, he did. Carmelo, they had run that. They had run that play. I mean, they yeah. run that play like that was their offense. It was the freaking dra- Jazz in ninety eight. Um, mm-hmm. Two sets on the block. I think I just re, just watching it just now before we went on. There was a, you know they ran up, they learned. I was watching for, it and they literally Tried to run that play like two two plays, two two trips down the court before. Um, right. So yeah, they did the screen, and he didn't. He didn't move. He stayed out there. Carl didn't look over his right shoulder. Jordan came in, slaps it away. It's fantastic.
1: Fantastic deal. Gets down. Gets a quick bucket. Because <clears throat> they were down. No, no, no. that was
0: he, from that. He from that steal was the shot. So he gets. He oh, goes I mean, quick, yeah, he goes right. quick bucket. Yep. Then they come down. He makes.
1: Then they yep. get the steal. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. You're, you're right. All right, my bad. Sorry. Um, Jordan hits the shot. Um, well, no, he goes. He's at the top, top left of the key. Uh, goes dribbling right, cuts back. Pushes off? Just the crossover. Maybe. Crosses, crosses was, over. Russell was on his toes.
0: S- he was already moving that way.
1: Love it. Love it. Step back. Step back crossover. Hits the shot. Again, 5.2 seconds left, Marlowe. <laughs> yeah. My memory descends the game. Yeah. 100%. I loved the defense of the push-off. You were already you were already teasing with it, Marlo. <laughs> Uh Jordan comes in. Says... I knew this goes back. Russell he defends on his toes. <laughs> you get him going one direction, he can't stop. Again, Jordan's crazy analysis, crazy uh, commitment to basketball. He this is how he sees Russell, so he knows he can do this. Probably gets away a little bit of push off, but Bob Costas comes in, backs him up, says, "Yeah, Bob Not, up. if he push off, it didn't. It didn't matter. Russell was going that way anyway, and Jordan was rising up." to hit the shot. Yeah. The scene I think <clears throat> that picture of Jordan rising up for the shot, the ball in the air, the fans behind him, Russell trying to catch his balance, everybody looking up in the air, that's my defining memory. That 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 shot that, you know, from the other baseline picture is the greatest picture of all time. Probably one of it's a defining picture for the bulls for me yeah. for Jordan, for me. I mean, an absolutely fantastic picture. Um, see that. Um, absolutely. It just chills. Absolutely. Just, just chills thinking absolutely. about it. Um, and I love, cause
0: this is what I do, or I always do whenever I, I come across that picture is I love that they went in and zoomed in on the crowd's reactions while the ball's in the air. Yeah. Because uh, that is just quintessential. Oh shit! Jordan shooting a shot; it's probably going to go in, and just the devastation in each one of his faces, except the young little boy who's right behind the basket with his arms up in the air, knowing it's going in, uh, with the with the Michael yeah. Jordan uniform on. Uh, cheers yeah, to that kid! Fantastic.
1: Yeah. So again, the shot goes in. Five point two seconds left. It didn't end mm-hmm. the game. The Jazz could draw, get a ball, get it at half court drop a play they drop a play and uh it's to uh, shoot hornestack Stockton. somebody shot it whatever it doesn't matter harper tipped it and they could have just won <laughs> <laughs> if they made the shot it's so weird i again it, it's so bizarre that in at least half of these jordan shots the team had a chance to respond and just didn't uh and again i think this goes back to like the the, oh, if this had gone differently, if Harper's not there to tip that shot, it goes in. Like everybody has a thing to say, but Jor- to say if it had gone differently, except for except for Jordan, I wrote down uh, after he makes the shot on the bench is amazing. That doesn't make any sense to me. What was the bench shot amazing? The
0: bench, yeah. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I can't get inside your head
1: on that one. All right. Well, terrible, terrible note taking by me uh it was late it's episode 10 it's a, it's a later episode uh so <clears throat> they win the championship again sixth time uh this time his mom's out there hugging him and celebrating yep. i thought that was really yeah. cool um obviously we saw in the early episodes or early championships excuse me his dad's out there celebrating we saw last week his dad's not there it was really cool to see him celebrating with his mom um I don't know if that shows any growth or connection in their relationship, but it was just a neat thing to to see her, see her out there. And then the other thing post-celebration was when he's talking to Phil, and he's 35-year-old Michael Jordan, six-time champion, gym, and he's still talking to Phil in, like, player-to-coach talk. Like, he's still, like, we, you know, I don't remember the exact terminology, but I was just, like, this isn't, like, Six-time championship Jordan talking. This is like I'm just a player on this team talking to a coach. That's how I took it. Maybe I, I had that wrong, but it was just weird to see him subwriting in in, in that kind of different way.
0: Yeah, um, it just it becomes just another player, right? Like you said, it's just not. Yeah, uh, this is Michael Jordan is obviously throughout his documentary and at that time just bigger than you know almost bigger than the game or is the game, but you still have this coach. Player relationship, mutual respect—that um, is just, just, just shines through in that that one moment there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you for for uh, putting that better better than I than I did. <laughs> no, I would never. No, it's That's a hundred percent what I was trying to get across. And you just yeah. summarized my blabber from for, for like thirty seconds. So that's great. Um, all right, so they win, bro. Well, they did it. They did it six carl malone they uh, random don't don't I, I don't before i say this do i want to step on any cameo toes here no go ahead all right uh i'm gonna step on my own should i say my cameo no
0: save your cameo whatever
1: okay okay carl okay, okay. malone comes on the team bus yeah. in his jeans because he's carl malone <laughs> and like dabs up michael jordan gives him high fives felt really weird uh and then just, just like congratulations thanks man and then leaves <laughs> really weird didn't he? That was the. That's the you gentleman.
0: Know, that's always you know you hear the report. Car Malone went onto the onto the Bulls bus afterwards to congratulate the team. Yeah, such a classy guy.
1: Yeah. Well, you can tell he doesn't respect him because if you respect him, they'd go in the hallway and they'd swear <laughs> at each other. Yes, that's true. That's what they'd do. Uh, all right, my next point in the celebration, uh, the access after the championship, they're in his room. Yeah. Right. By, by, yeah. Or maybe a hotel no, bar? In his room. He's There's playing piano in his room. He's playing piano and he's just like hanging out with reporters? What? Yeah, I
0: don't, I was wondering how those reporters got access. If they had to pay for that or what, you know, what was that? But yeah, that was, that was pretty wild. Just in boys. And I like, couldn't
1: imagine that happening today.
0: No, no way. Nah, I don't know. We'll find out. We know someone's going to make a documentary about their basketball career. Soon. we're not gonna name any names but yeah we'll see no. <laughs>
1: no i was gonna i was gonna bring it up a little bit him up a little bit ago but i didn't um okay last thing on celebration uh so the parade right the dude the parade celebration thing also in that celebration uh, we got
0: a cameo from young karma electra made it onto camera go ahead and continue now
1: <laughs> I, missed, I, missed, I missed that one i missed that one let's go back um <clears throat> all right uh celebration uh they're at the at in grant park the parade yeah. the speech grant park sure yeah we all know what that is <laughs> uh fills <laughs> up there so i got just a couple notes fills up there gives a speech and says um Krauss had some other plans, but he put them aside. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) And essentially, instead of let us win uh, this championship, that was petty and fantastic. Um, And then they do a shot to Reinsdorf and Krauss just like chilling in the background. It's just weird. Like, again, this is the kind of the power structure thing. Like, it's so weird to see Reinsdorf and Kraus just like, I guess technically that's the hierarchy, Mm -hmm. right? Like they sh- probably should be next to you. but to see them and be like, no, you have the best coach. You have the best player. Like stop budding up with this dude. <laughs> it seems so weird. And uh, it-, it just felt weird. It just felt weird to, he- I think he said that quote and they took it. They had the shot of them. Um, but Scotty, as much as he just detests Jerry cross and you picked it up earlier in, in these episodes, says, calls him the greatest GM yep. in the game. But those, that was big of Scotty, and uh, then we talk about running it back, Marlo. Yeah. Could they have? Should they have? Would they have run it back?
0: Uh, I mean, in all on, i I mean, in all honesty, I think I can't remember who won the year after them. But um, if they had everyone back that one year. Michael had stuck with training. He's probably still, you know, he's probably still Michael. Maybe not MVP Michael. He's probably Michael. You know, it'd be tough. I mean, I think, I think Michael said it best. Like, would they probably won? Maybe, maybe not. But like, at least we would have saw him. I think, you know, they would have been the thick of the playoffs at the very least, right?
1: Um, yeah. So I think it would. So they would had a fighting year,
0: chance, is what I'm saying. I guess.
1: No guarantee. I'm pretty sure next year was. I'm pretty sure next year was... So next year the Spurs won, but they beat the Knicks. The Knicks? Uh, in, uh, in f- in f- no, the, Sp- the Spurs won. They beat the Knicks in five. And I'm pretty sure that was a lockout season. Oh, was it? Where, where the Knicks were like the eighth seed or they were like a, a real... Yeah, they were the eighth seed um, in the East.
0: It, yeah, okay. They would have got to the finals. It was a,
1: it was a really weird season. Um, so I thought they did an interesting job of saying like, look... All these players were up for contract. We couldn't have brought all those players back. And, which is uh, uh, Reinsdorf's quote. And Jordan watches it. And I love when they do this <laughs> and this. When they make Jordan watch people's reactions. And Reinsdorf's doing it. And Jordan just kind of like rolls his eyes. And he just looks, he looks pained. And he just looks like he looks like hurt that he didn't get a chance. That they didn't let him have a chance with his guys to run it back again. Um, and he goes like, you can tell me that the money wasn't there, but you know, Dennis would have come back for less, you know, Kukos would have come back for less. We would all try to run it back again. And he's, then he goes, now Pip, with Pip, you would have had to do some convincing. (laughs) 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 Pippen's not going to take a discount for it again. Um, (laughs) So I think, and just to see them go, like, we had to rebuild, and it's like, y- you know, no, you didn't. You had you had to replace the parts, right? right? Yeah. But you had the freaking engine, and that's what matters in the NBA is, is that center guy, and you know what? Maybe you don't get Pippen back, but maybe you bring in somebody who's like 80% of Scottie Pippen. Right. Yep. You know, and maybe you let Rodman go, and you bring in somebody who's better and younger than Rodman for less money. Like, there are ways to do it that's not like tear the whole freaking thing Agreed. down. Yeah. Ah, oh, so frustrating. So now I'm as frustrated as Jordan was. It, but but the look on Jordan's face when he he, he plays that, it, it I was surprised how like pained he looked by yeah. it, and like how like he would have wanted to run it back. I've I've heard some uh, things about how like salary wise and like. Um, like what? So for Jordan, it was essentially like come back to the Bulls, or retire because nobody's gonna pay. Nobody had the cap space. Like nobody thinks about the NBA like they do now, where they're like saving cap space for the free agents. Right. Like he would have every had to team take actually like trying to be competitive. Yeah, he had. To, he would have like nobody had thirty million dollars or whatever the hell he was being paid, whatever it was. To pay him he would have played for like five million or whatever like it would have been like cheap for him and he's not gonna do that he's Michael he's Michael freaking Jordan yeah like this is not gonna happen so it was like it was essentially bulls or busts on the bulls were like we're not sticking with you or we're not doing this he was he was out um, on that Um, I felt it was weird how okay with walking away Phil was but now that I say that with all the you know the one more year thing and stuff I could see Phil being kind of Kind of fed up with it. Um, but it was hindsight, right? for him yeah. too, To just be like, okay. And he's talking about it now after he won five right, other good, championships. Yeah, I think it's time. It's so it's easy to be like it was the right time to walk away. But I, I can imagine in the time being like, although Jerry Reinsdorf kind of sat down and that seemed disingenuous where he was like, where Reinsdorf was like, I talked to I talked to Phil and I said like, we'd like to have you back. And Phil's like, was Jerry Cross or not having me back? In Reinsdorf is was like, yeah, but we'd like to have him back. It's like it's not it's not a real offer to have him back. It's not a genuine offer. Uh, again, with my Reinsdorf confusion in this, I don't, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand him as a as a human being. Um and then Stan Phil on his way out had uh the breakup ritual. Yeah. He did a breakup ritual with the team. They all wrote down what the team meant to him. They read it, and they put it in a coffee can and burned it like you do when you break up with your seventh grade girlfriend.
0: Michael Jordan wrote a poem.
1: Um, he wrote a poem. Uh, I uh, presume it was last spring at Krauss. I can't imagine <laughs> it was anything else. Uh, how many swear words were in the poem? Probably <laughs> a few. I would guess. It would be... Oh, was that like a poem? So in my, in my head, when I first read it, I was like, oh, it's a haiku. It's like this little thing, but probably... It's probably a little longer than that. Probably a Yeah.
0: I don't know. It touched Steve Kerr. That's all I you know. I was hoping someone would try to recite it, but they didn't.
1: I wonder what the rhyming pattern was of his yeah, poem. Yeah, me too. That'd be interesting. Well, we'll never know. It was put in a coffee can and burned. Tough, tough. Um... That's it, Marl. That's, That's the it. end. It ends in a burning coffee can. But no, before that, we have one last chance for a final awesome Michael Jordan montage. And what were your emotions going through this final montage? Sad motion?
0: that the doc was over? Was I cuz I knew every highlight was that closer to the whole thing being over, but just having uh, rewatch like consolidate the highlights that we had seen over the last 5 weeks into i don't know it was probably what a minute long or so um clip was pretty awesome pretty freaking awesome and just yeah just a reminder of his greatness man that's really what it was just a reminder of his greatness
1: yeah it was really fun to relive um and i guess my takeaway again this is kind of going off of my i mentioned this last week is just gonna appreciate everything more because I'm not going to say I would have rooted if I was 35 in 1993. I'm not going to say I would have necessarily rooted against Michael Jordan. But I could see a version of myself that would have done that. And I would have missed out on just enjoying his greatness. And in swearing post-pandemic, Marlon, (laughs) when they come back, sports come back, I'm going to just enjoy it more. I'm just going to just take it in, be less than addictive about not about, like, the things I care about, right? The teams I care about yeah. and, that, and that sort of thing. But, like, things that don't necessarily involve my team. I can just enjoy it more and I always have to pick a side. And that's what I got out of this is, is I was young enough, I think, that I didn't do that. And I liked and enjoyed the Michael Jordan experience because I rooted for winners because I was a child. Um and I want to take a little bit more of that kind of mindset. Not that I'm going to root for winners necessarily, but I'm going to enjoy winners. And I'm going to appreciate them uh, as I get a chance to watch them. Cause hey, sometimes you can't freaking watch them. And it yeah, sucks. That sucks. Um and, and that's what I know. it the the documentary was great. Uh the final montage, just the going back through from young MJ to the the fact that they played the they kept it off, I think, with the I just want to make the bulls respectable, yep. like the the Celts. Lakers and 76ers was just phenomenal. Phenomenal documentary, doc- documentarian. um It's definitely a verb. um And just it kind of brought a full circle. And just I enjoyed the experience. And I'm glad I kind of have a memory of about half of it, I guess, in my memory. And this just kind of brought it all, all first It was fantastic.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Let's do it again. Uh, we're just going to actually next week, we're just going to rewatch episodes one and two do another podcast about it and um and just keep it going because it was well, that now the, good
1: <laughs> well now that now they're gonna do they're doing yeah. other ones they have the, the lance armstrong which i'm way less excited oh, yeah. about yeah. uh i forget what the other ones were but i know the last one that they advertised was the summer of whatever this the, the, uh, the uh, mcguire, McGuire
0: sosa yeah summer home run summer or whatever can't wait that one should be i good.
1: that that's that's gonna be right in yeah. my alley i mean i remember that i remember i remember those summer nights i remember where i was when records were broken um probably so we talked about this these were my my growing up basketball memories my growing up baseball memories were this that home run chase uh and and braves being good that's basically (laughs) and brewers being bad (laughs) <laughs> that's basically yeah. my 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 baseball yeah. <laughs> so formative years yeah until we get back until we and, get back no, and, we're
0: basically we're, we're basically a documentary
1: podcast no yeah and a and uh king of juniors winning run a whole lot of king of juniors winning run uh in my, in my <laughs> all right uh that's for the a happy model let's move on to the present what well, we're gonna week, do wait wait, we wait 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 more- wait Whoa, 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 whoa. What is your, what's your cameo? Oh, shoot, I forgot. I didn't put the thing <laughs> Uh, I didn't put them in. Uh, My quotes are in my quotes, though. I yeah, I I did a lot I of quotes. In. It, was, it was Sloan's quotes. So Those were really great. Um, Leo DiCaprio. That was good. That was random. That was the, just comes in and he's just like, I mean, this has to be what? Like Titanic, Leo? Yeah. I <laughs> New on the scene, he's the young hardtop, and he's just like, "Hey, congratulations!" And then he moves out of the way, and then that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's the new star, and is just he just can't even. He just says, "Congratulations!" Like, he's in like, just gets shoved out of the way. Yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, Good to see.
0: Him. Um Yeah, I'm gonna give. I'll, I'll give a. A, uh, what do you call it? Mm, It's losing me right now. But my second place, we'll just call it my second place. Yeah. Runner up uh, was Jalen Rose. I feel like he's been in every ESPN 30 for 30th about basketball from here since like the the Fab Five one. He just always finds his way in. Yeah. Uh, But he's a great interviewer and that's why. Uh, It's just fantastic. Super excited about everything and, and it's great. But I think mine was, at, we talked about it, was the Jordan kids. Like, where the hell did that come from? Where have they been this whole time? <laughs> you know, it's like they just started off with, I think I said Mike last night, Marcus, Jeffrey, and Jasmine. Um, yeah, yeah. Just sitting out there. So I thought that was fast. I thought, you know, they would come back. I would definitely, if they had, like, a side footage or something, like, I'd definitely be interested to hear their story about being Michael Jordan's kids growing up. Like, I mean, no, they were young. They were, you know, young at that time. But just the. You know, get yeah. their perspective of it, especially the last three because they probably remember those. But that was, um yeah, that would be my my carry.
1: Yeah, no, that that was great. It was, <laughs> it was kind of funny because I, I know he has, I knew he has kids. Yeah. I know he has siblings, but like when he, they interviewed his siblings, I'm like, oh, that's right, Michael Jordan has siblings. Yeah, yeah. It's like, He has kids. It's like, oh, that's right, he has kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I kind of forget when I like in thinking about Jordan the. The basketball player jordan like the the the, the yeah. icon and i forget you know again not that he's not human i don't mean to imply that but like jordan the icon is like separate from jordan the person yeah. sometimes and, and those things is kind of like oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he has he has those things um less interesting outfits i didn't were there oh, any nwo
0: mine is now i i forget which game it was but it was jordan's like yellow slash gold suit yeah, that one was kind of wild. That one's uh, <laughs> not not that great of a look, Jay.
1: I uh, shoot. Now that you say that, I made a comment to my wife about the suit, and I don't remember what it was. So, <laughs> but it But I can guarantee you, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. Whatever, whatever I said at the time. Um, crap, I didn't write it down. Oh well.
0: All right, now that's it. That's it. That's, that's, the, the, doc.
1: Doc. that's wrap of the doc. That's a rapping doc for all us. So, that's so sad. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. I'm glad yeah. it happened. I'm glad it happened when it did. Um, I'll, I'm 100% watching it again. 100% oh, yeah. watching it. Again. I don't need to tie up two hours um, every week on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> but I'm 100% watching it again. And sooner than later. Yeah.
0: Like this weekend. It'll be fine.
1: All right, now All right. actual sports. Uh, Marlo, now the actual sports that happened in real time. Uh, we had live golf in a uh, COVID relief uh, fundraiser uh, event. Um, it was a, a skins match with uh, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy against uh, Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. Marlo, did you watch any of this? Uh, no.
0: <laughs> I right. didn't know it would happen until it already happened. Like right up
1: there, I found found out the morning of, uh, and was excited to watch it because um, I was worried I was going to have to watch NASCAR Ooh. as the the live sport of the yep. afternoon because that happened. Um, I understand it was relatively exciting, um, and I was gearing up to kind of be like, I'm going to give NASCAR another mm-hmm. go um, and, and try to understand uh, why this is entertaining because I've struggled with that in the past. <laughs> but I was saved from that, I guess, by this live golf event. Um, And it was, so it was just a weird viewing experience in the sense. So first of all, it's casual golf. They're out there in shorts, Marlowe. Shorts Shorts on a golf course. Unbelievable. Um, and they're all, you know, somewhat yucking it up. So it was a charity event. They're competing for whatever X amount of dollars per hole, but then it goes to whatever charity they're playing for. Um, so it was all in good, uh, Effort for that, for, for raising money. I, I think the dial-in or whatever it is these days uh, raised over $4 million for um, health care relief and, and funds. So that, that, was, that was great. Um, and going through the event, it was just – it was weird because it, it was nice just to have golf on but also to have it not be so serious – yeah, Like we're just watching like four very good good golfers play And it was almost relaxing And golf is the ultimate just having the background Yes, sport Whatever right? Like you just have to tune Maybe in take a nap in, just, in the middle you know, Yeah, and it was just It was great to have that on In the background of my day <laughs> It was just fantastic I didn't pay attention to all of it But I would tune in every once in a while uh, The funniest thing was They couldn't read a green to save their lives Their putting was horrific comparative to what they normally do compared to me obviously so phenomenal but like they couldn't put save their lives it was hilarious um and then the event was going on and then all of a sudden they got to the back nine and nobody could win a hole so the skins kept adding up and up and up and you got to the last hole the 18th hole and it was worth 1.1 million dollars towards whatever charity and it was like oh it's like stakes now <laughs> like it's means something and you see you watch the 18th hole and they split the 18th hole of course and they went to a the the tiebreaker was uh closest to the pin on the 17th which was a par three which was dramatic it was it was pretty dramatic although uh if they had had better shots it would have been more dramatic um the winner ended up being i don't know 12 15 feet away uh so not super exciting um And I guess kind of a disappointing end to the drama, but like it was actually really entertaining as far as like a for fun golf tournament went. And it was just great. Like I said, to have it in the background and to, and to watch and, and I think kind of paved the way for golf to come back. I think, because it doesn't make it. I think there, this kind of should like, Hey, we can do this relatively safely.
0: Uh, I think I said in the beginning that one of the um, <laughs> I felt like one of the easiest sports to kind of you know use as a TV, TV event is golf right um doesn't have to be <laughs> much contact you don't have to be as close together uh so it was good to see them they, yeah they get out of there, but I think it's funny that they use the closest to the closest to the pen uh, to, to win. win yeah, that's just like that it's totally something like our butt like we would do on the golf course like get to you know, seventeen yeah. 18, be like, let's just do closest to the hole,
1: guys. <laughs> let's get to the club. Yeah. We don't need. To, we don't need. To yeah. do a whole thing. Well, it was great, and it was just like, um, it's just the finality of it was was fantastic, and um, it was just if somebody would have just stuck it, you know, and just been like, oh, they're two feet away, and then they win, and it's like it, that would have just made it like really yeah. memorable. Um,
0: but it was like I
1: said, a, a bit a bit longer. Um, and they're definitely like, let's just not do this anymore. <laughs> like, this is the end. This is the last thing. Let's end it. Let's hit. Let's hit the bar or whatever they were going to do next. Uh, for that. All right. Uh, does it for live golf, Marlo? Yeah, I, I presume you don't watch any of the NASCAR. Logo. No,
0: I actually tuned in to NASCAR just to see what it looked like, and then I couldn't. No, all right. No, NAS- no NASCAR. No so, NASCAR. There's the There's the There's my NASCAR now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
1: All right. There it is. Uh, <laughs> all right, I. I uh, switched over when the golf ended to the NASCAR Marlowe, and then I think uh, I had to be a dad or something and I wasn't able to I wasn't able to watch it so it's, it's tough, tough. it's is tough. tough I had to be a dad
0: alright well, that's it for the golf um, no, man is this it is this the dramatic return of the greatest segment of this podcast Casey's corner kick
1: you know I was gonna do a lead into it, Marlon, but you you did it for me. Um, I appreciate I appreciate that, Marlon. Professional soccer is back on the highest level. The Bundesliga returned to action this past weekend. That's right, the German league, which we all know so much about. Uh, it was a very so we golf looked more or less like yeah. golf when you watched it because there are fans there, I guess, but like. They're not, right? They have to be yeah. quiet. You only see them when uh, in their, when there's a pan over or the ball goes off the course. But in a general sense, you don't see fans in golf. When you watch soccer, like when you watch uh, football, right? Like the fans are there. They're a part of the game. You see them throughout the screen. The camera cuts them all the time. And – you're just watching this game and they're just not there. It's an empty stadium. And it just, t- it just takes a while to recalibrate your brain to be like, there's no fan noise. There's no shots of fans. There's of when anything happens, you see players reactions still. And I even think the players reactions were muted because the fan reaction wasn't, wasn't there. Uh, it, it just took a little getting used to and, so that was the first thing you get used to the the fans not being there. And that's, I think an easy enough mental thing to get over. And then you're, you kind of get lulled into this, like ev- not in everything's fine, but you're separated from everything that's happening. You're watching sports again. You're I'm watching soccer, yeah. right? And I love to watch soccer and it's happening and I get to get involved in the game. I get to see the ebb and flow of the game and all these things I like about watching soccer. And then like, it'll cut past the bench and you'll see like half the coaches in masks and it just kind of like sucks you back to reality. And it's like, I'm in this like sports mind. And then it's like, are people wearing masks? I'm still not used to that. That's weird. And I'm back into the like, oh yeah, this is different. I was surprised how quickly I got used to not fans, but I never got used to the like, oh, the side judge is wearing a, a mask. Like that just sucked me out of. Out of the experience. It was it was really weird. And then the last weird thing about the experience was there was like awkward times of social distancing from the players. So like they're playing soccer, they're going up for headers, they're running into each other, they're tackling each other, they're like man marking in the box on corner kicks, and they score a goal, and they're like everybody kind of stand around and like celebrate by themselves. We're not gonna high five. Or when they high-five, they're like doing the elbow bump instead of real really? high five. It's like, you guys, yeah, running, they were, you guys yeah, are running into yeah, each other.
0: Like when they were guarding each other, like they were running into the, the other
1: team, right? Yeah, uh, they're leaning on each other. Yeah. They're breathing on each other. It's normal yeah. soccer on the field. And then they celebrate, and they're like, elbow bump. <laughs> and they're like, celebrate. You stop there. I'm going to dance here. You dance there. All right, we're not jumping on each other. We're dancing six feet apart. It's so weird. It's just these awkward social distancing, substitutions. You know? The, they do the the elbow bump instead of high fiving or whatever which they normally do, which is fine. But like you're on the field, <laughs> you're playing, you're you, you're if some you're exchanging personal space <laughs> like that, that's happening. It was just so weird to see like a normal soccer game and then like random social distancing that completely goes against everything that you've just watched it was it was hilarious. Uh, so watching the Bundesliga, Marlowe I decided we have to have find, to find a, team. a team. Maybe not the same team, but I we know. have to find a team because if this is literally the only sport that's going to be yeah. on for a month, and let me tell you, Marlo, as a uh, a really good father um, that I am, um, God, it was good to wake up and be with the kids and have a sport <laughs> on. <the team. laughs> well, you sent me over a how-to guide. Um, I sent a how-to guide. I I wasn't. I didn't feel great about mm-hmm. their analysis. I don't have a better yeah. analysis, but. Um, I, I did send over the how-to guide. Um, and so basically, the way in which I cheered for the Bundesliga, Marlowe is, um, Bayern Munich wins all the time. Borussia Dortmund is their best chance to have Bayern Munich not win. Plus, they had Christian Pulisic a year ago. Uh, American player, I'm sure you knew that. Um, so like they were the like. I root for them because they're not Bayern Munich and they have a the better chance to be Bayern Munich and they have an American player on their team. But now if I have to really pick a team, I don't know if that's sufficient reason to root for Borussia Dortmund because that's still picking the yep. second best team. It's still kind of like stacking the deck. So I'm three games I've watched now into this and got to figure it out, Marlowe. Still filling it out.
0: Still filling out, Jeffrey.
1: Still, f- still filling it out. It's definitely not going to be Bayern. It's probably not going to be Borussia Dortmund, uh, Red Bull Leipzig. So the the top four teams are those two, Red Bull Leipzig, which is a complicated team because they're a new team. Uh, they were purchased um, by the dude who owns Red Bull. Oh wow, surprise! And he's just he's just he's just pumped a bunch of new money into yeah. the team. So, depending how you feel about new money, uh, surprise! Uh, European soccer powers don't <laughs> like new money. So they're very they're very hated in um, in uh, I guess the soccer community for that reason, right? Like they did they didn't do it the quote unquote right way and build a fan base and all this bullcrap that the established teams pretend like they've done. Um, I mean, some of them have, but like. It's definitely an old man's club, right? Uh, and RB Leipzig is crashing that with their new Red Bull money, which I'm amazed that there's enough Red Bull money to do such a thing. But apparently that, that there is. Um, and then you have Brucia. I have to look up the name. Uh, Brucia Glad- Blatch or something. I don't know. They're my lead runner because uh, they're really hard to say, and then fourth place, so that's fun. I got from there, I got to figure it out, Marlo. It's it's still tough. Um, yeah, we got we uh, got to figure it out. We've we'll Figure it out together, Marlo, by watching soccer games at eight yeah, in the morning. I was right. looking for. it. I thought it was supposed to be on Fox. I didn't see it. Oh, Fox. it's on Fox Sports. Sports. Fox Sports. It doesn't Jeez. make its way all the way to Fox unless it's like. I think it will get on Fox if it's like Bayern Munich against one of the other top three. Or four teams, like I think Bayern Munich. Unless it does really well, they had their biggest ever. Uh, I f- I favorited the the stat of what they did, uh, and now I don't have it up now because of course I don't. Um, they had a, they had a record um. Ratings. Uh, this past, this past week, but it was only like a point three three. <laughs> so it's like. Okay, a record but like still still legitimately nobody nobody's watching. Um so it had a uh the return of the Bundesliga on FS1 earned a 0.33 overnight rating for Dortmund's 4-0 win over Schalke. That's a 725% Jesus. game over the last <laughs> Bundesliga match prior to the shutdown. Hey man, that's gross. 725% that's gross. game. So so literally nobody was watching this <laughs> and, and and now they are. Um, yeah, uh, it's I mean it's great to head back. It's just I've my, my soccer watching it's been so much invested in watching the Premier League, which will come back hopefully soon. I think it sounds like June-ish. Um, it's gonna come back um, So I know all of the teams kind of somewhat of their histories, a lot of their players. Uh, and I am able to make like decisions on who to root for in that. But like with the Bundesliga, I just have like the the general assumptions that I made earlier. So I'm I'm excited to kind of dive in and figure out a little bit more about it, and uh, and and go from there. But it's great. To, it's amazing to have soccer back in on weekend mornings. tomorrow. I cannot express how much I appreciate the ability to watch soccer again on weekends. It's fantastic. Ooh.
0: All right, so see yeah, a soccer with no fans. Still excited to watch. Um, but there was one team out there that played a game with fans. You hear about this? You hear about this? So F- <laughs> FC, Soul, yeah. Yeah. FC Soul apparently yeah. had barred fans, but they wanted to make it look like they had fans, so they put sex dolls into the crowd to hold up signs uh, like there were fans there. And this, uh, the imagery is so fantastic. You have to go Google it right now. Uh, If you haven't seen it, it's literally sex dolls with masks on, mind you. Gotta keep them safe. Uh, Holding up sides inside the soccer stadium.
1: We're in a pandemic. But they're like, yeah, so (laughs) they're dolls. They have masks on. They're socially distanced in the crowd. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't help the aesthetics whatsoever. I can't, I I don't understand the the thought process. I know. It's one of those those decisions I would have loved to be in
0: the room when they made it just to see like how did we get to this decision and like how excited it was a good idea they thought it was going to be.
1: And they apologize but like (laughs) to who? (laughs) Everybody? Who's, who's, are people, like, <laughs> it's dumb, and it's embarrassing, but, like, are people offended? Know.
0: Maybe. I'm sure people get offended about everything. Why?
1: I'm sure people are, but, like, <laughs> but why? <laughs> There's
0: a the big sex Barbie holding up size in the game.
1: Fuck. I don't, I don't, none of the things that he said, like, they should have. They should apologize for their stupidity, yeah. I think, but not necessarily for like that. It. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand what they apologize for. Um, it's absolutely hilariously stupid. Uh, and they should apologize, but I'm just not sure what they should apologize for because <laughs> it, it. It's just a bizarre thing. Um, there weren't other <laughs> dolls. I guess they. They don't make like other. Like that's say, the only yeah. life size yeah. dolls that are made.
0: I don't know. Are they Great question. Me? a lot more you questions. I have a lot of more
1: questions. <laughs> now I have more questions. They just, yeah. where do they are fantastic. Get okay, if we have, right, we don't need to go Google it. It's fantastic. Hilarious. Totally. Look at on. look at it. It's
0: all right. Well, that's all I had. That's all I had to add to your quarter kick. case. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have for the podcast. Um, as always, you guys can find us on Twitter at 130 breeze, myself at Marlon Casey at Prof Badger fan. Uh, be sure to smash that like button. Um that's a YouTube thing. That's not really a thing for podcasts. I need you. You can leave five-star reviews though. That'd be awesome. Share with your friends. That'd be awesome. Um, Casey, that's it for me. Any last words?
1: (laughs) Smash the reviews. Um until next time, I hope uh you find a Bundesliga (laughs) team, (laughs) a favorite Bundesliga team, and then they win all their sports. And uh as always Uh, Stay safe and be well. See you next week, everybody.